Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. Hope We certainly hope you will listen and sleep. Write us a note. Rate us on iTunes or leave a comment. We love that. I am your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me is Lois Keating. Welcome, Lois. Hi, Marco. Lois, I wanted to talk to you about quilts. I know that you're in quilt. What into quilt making? What brought you to quilt making? Well, I should say I'm a novice quilt maker. Okay. I'm yet to finish my first quilt. I've been working on it for six years. Oh wow. Um, my there's a lot of quilt makers in my family on my my side and my in-law side. Who's, who's the first that you remember? My Aunt Lillian, my dad's sister. Okay. She gave me a quilt when I was very young for my bed, and it was all patchwork, and they were not in any particular pattern. And it was all made from 70s polyester. So it was made from, you know, found material, not material from a quilt store. Sure. And it was multicolored? Yeah, it was trimmed in pink, but all the patches were all different colors like burgundy and brown wow. and white and pink and yellow and patterns and florals and no rhyme or reason, just patchy patchwork. Patchy patchwork. And do you still have that quilt? I do. Oh, you do? I huh? do, yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. So then who else or what, what other impressions do you have from a child with quilt with regards to quilt making? Well, um, the same aunt made quilts for everyone in our family. And I know she did them, you know, uh, she spent a lot of time at them, and they're very heavy and very warm. Okay. So that experience of having a very heavy quilt was something that I really liked, because I like heavy bedding on my bed. Um, And then I noticed that a lot of people do quilt making and do patterns and things. Right. And so um, I got to my first roommate in Toronto, she made her first quilt that she finished the year that we moved to Toronto. Okay. And so I got to be experienced with a quilt from like new material being made. And so um, throughout my life, there's been a bunch of different people that have made quilts or I've seen them and different things. So, yeah. 
And what is it about quilt making that brought you to, to be to become a novice quilt maker? Well, I think there's something about the journey of it and mm-hmm. the making it. Um, one of the other early quilt experiences I had, I'm just remembering now, is my friend Sue. Her mom had a quilt that she stitched all by hand, and she would have her quilt stand set up in her living room or her room, and <clears throat> anybody who came to visit got to be invited to put a stitch in the quilt. Oh. So I don't know what quilt that was, but I put a stitch in a quilt of hers. Was that the first stitch you made in a quilt? Yes, it oh, was. there you go. Yeah. And, uh, and that was on this giant frame, like, big setup. Um, sorry, I lost track. What no, was... you were saying that, that this was another experience you had. Right, with... so that was part of my early quilt making. And then, um, so I decided that I wanted to um, make a quilt after my husband passed away. Okay. And I kept all his clothes, and I wanted to make a quilt for my daughter from his clothes for her. Oh, what a neat, what so, a neat thing. Yeah. So I took all the clothes, mm-hmm. and the first part was to open, to cu- cut all the material off the clothes, so no buttons or pockets or that kinds of thing. Right, and do you have to look for a specific um, piece of fabric when you're doing that? Like, are you looking for a certain shape or a certain... Obviously, you're avoiding buttons, but there's other, like, trimmings and stuff. Do you have to avoid that? Well, there's a bunch of different... Um, quilt styles that I've learned so basically as I get to each part of my quilting I'm learning and reading about it on the internet and talking to different people about how to do it and there are different styles where some people choose to include those pieces pockets and things in their memory quilts right which is what usually they're called I think when you make it from clothing for somebody who's passed away Mm -hmm. um and so but I chose particularly to just get the material that wasn't uh, trims or edges or that kind of stuff, interior material. So I just cut all the material into big pieces and okay. then decided I would cut them into additional pieces after that. So I just made prepped my material as okay. the first step. And does it matter the sort of texture of the fabric? Because some pieces will be like thick. Let's say you use a corduroy versus a cotton or flannel. Does that matter or does that affect placement? Well, for me... Um, it doesn't matter. But as I've been reading about it, there are a lot of serious quilters okay. who take it very serious and will will encourage you only to sew same kinds of material together. And I didn't understand why until I started piecing my quilt together. Okay. And piecing is when you start sewing your pieces together. And if you have different kinds of material, it's very difficult. Because, you know, a stretchy t-shirt versus a corduroy versus sure. a nylon dress pant or... Um, they don't lie flat and smooth when you sew the different pieces together. I see. So, but I encountered that firsthand as I started piecing my quilt together. And so I decided that it wasn't important to me. And okay. that was actually going to be part of my medium of my quilt was that it would be all these different pieces of material and how they behave together. So I don't think I'm going to end up with something very flat and smooth and crisp, okay. like as if you made a quilt from like all quilting cotton because right. those lie very flat and you can press the seams really smooth sure but mine's got some bumps and ridges and different things but i feel that's like part of the what's going to be the experience of my particular quilt i think it is also what takes quilts to the next level whereas you know sewing or knitting you've got you know a blanket or whatnot 
but quilting takes it to that level of art where by doing this you actually create something that's more than just something a covering of some sort yeah so for me it was definitely a choice to be like it's going to be a multimedia kind of experience sure. and it'll be the combination of all this stuff together mm-hmm. so it's turning out to look and feel very different than what I imagined in my head when I started okay and so I showed some of my pieces to some experienced quilters to right. get some um, ideas because I was making also making my pattern as I go sure but m- most quilting is based on squares and it being these squares that you piece together so even within your abstract pattern for some patterns they're very square but mine is not very square so they encouraged me to square it all up to join it together and um, that's when I discovered it was going to be a big challenge with the um, different kinds of material I see so um, but then as I read about that and the importance of that in that style if you're working off a pattern, then there's also this patchwork, scrappy quilt technique now that it's very random and they call it scrappy. Okay. So, but that's to me what patchwork quilts were in the beginning, where there's no rhyme or reason; it's right. just patchy and patches. Um, and then you know, then there's this other version of quilting with lots of patterns and squares and shapes, ge- like, yeah, like shapes and geometry and stuff. Yeah, like I've seen quilts where it's like. Um, it's sort of from the center out it goes into a bit of a triangle almost like a fishbone pattern mm-hmm. on one side and a half moon pattern on the other side uh, and it's repetitive and I guess they use the same kind of uh, material but in different shades so yeah. you've got a gradient effect and things like that and they can be quite expensive when you go to a store and you find these uh, these handmade quilts right I think they're all handmade mm-hmm. or at least the, the ones that I've seen well, it's interesting because handmade too is there's then there's different techniques about whether you hand sew them or okay. you machine sew them. Oh, I didn't and, realize this. And so that one I was telling you about where I stitched at my friend's house, mm. that was a hand sewn quilt. But I'm actually machine sewing okay. mine together, um, which will make it a bit faster and a different experience. But that's closer to what the first quilt I received was a machine stitched quilt. And then the actual quilting is when they take the quilt sandwich, which is the top, the batting, and the backing, and they do that patterned quilting throughout it. That's the quilting part. Oh. Because there's a top layer called your top, and then the middle of the batting, whatever kind of stuffing or layer you're going to put in between, and then a backing material, and then a border that goes around the edge. I didn't realize that the quilting is actually that stitching pattern on the on the material right and so that's a whole other area of expertise and skills and there are um, to do the quilting of these quilt sandwiches mm-hmm. um, there's a bunch of different ways you can do that too like um, and I've really just been learning as I go um, you can do this free motion quilting where you just do it in any kind of pattern and your needle goes around and it's you can draw particular patterns and right. you use a special foot on your sewing machine or you can do this um, straight line mm-hmm. and then if you do it between the 
the seams and you sew into the seam. That's called stitching in the stitch in the ditch. Okay. So, I love these terms. I know. They're very yeah. fascinating. So there's all different things. So um, so are you, with this memory quilt, are you stitching in the ditch or are you doing a free form? Well, I'm not to the quilting part oh, okay. yet. I'm still working on the top layer. Right. And this year, my goal, I put it out there, then I have to finish it. Sure, I just to well, finish the top layer. And then... I have to pick my middle batting, and then I have to make my backing, which I, normally the backing is like a plain material or a, one big piece sometimes, or, sure. or one material. But I'm actually going to make the back into kind of a, a t-shirt quilt. So if you've seen those ones where people make quilts out of all the different t-shirts. I haven't, but this is fascinating. I'm going to make the back of my quilt be the t-shirt quilt. So it'll kind of be really sort of like a reversible quilt. Right. That's that's great so how big will your quilt be well i'm aiming to have it be a queen size quilt okay. so and it's a very big quilt for my first real quilting experience um but i feel that that'll be something that briar could um have later and sure. would fit a standard kind of bed size right. versus just a twin one because then when you're older you move out if you have a big bed it's doesn't fit. We should mention that Briar is your daughter, yeah. who's kind of dancing around as we do this podcast right now. So if you uh, hear some creaks and, and squeaks, it's because Briar and my wife are sort of dancing around us as we do this podcast. Now, how often do you sew your quilt? Because it's taken six years. I know you're a busy person, so I'm not... Yeah. I'm not, so I probably spend three to four days... A year oh, at it. Not oh. actually that long. Oh, so you, you spend three or four days at it a year just working on it. Yeah, so thought, over okay. evenings and days. So sure. it's not like I'm at it all day, right. every day for, you know, it's a hobby and I'm mm. fitting it in between. And Briar helps me with it too. Like she's been part of the whole process. So okay. that's kind of good. And uh, so... Yeah, so that's why it's taking so long. I could, I could hurry it up. But I also want to enjoy the experience of it and sure. I think having it go longer into the time now since I started it my feelings and my experience of working with the material sure is very different and ideally I'm gonna try to put a book together to go with the quilt of oh, wow. pictures of my husband in those clothes from the samples oh. so that you can be like when I touch this piece of material this blue material I know it's from this dress shirt right. but I have a picture of that so I can put that in and be like well this was from your christening or this was from you know his t-shirt about beer or right. you know different things like that and so you've got a quilt and a book that reflects the making of the quilt and and the sort of um, beauty of this particular piece that yeah. uh, that accompanies it that's yeah. quite awesome now the reason I brought up quilting is because you uh made us a beautiful quilted and i think it's right here <gasps> oh my gosh yeah so i'm going to describe it if you don't mind yeah, yeah, sure. um, so this is one of my favorite things that has been given that we have brought to our cottage because i feel as though um it it really is reflective or evocative of why i love coming here so it is a placemat and it has one two three four about six different 
pattern patches. I don't know materials. what you call materials. Yeah. Um, in blues and grays, mm -hmm. and those are the colors of this, as you as you see of this particular cottage. And then we've got um, images of puffin, which is, if you're not familiar with what a puffin is, it is a bird that is found in the uh, North Atlantic or the northeast part of Canada, and you're from Newfoundland where puffins live. Mm -hmm. uh, they're also in Iceland and the north, uh, northern uh, countries like that. I would imagine that uh, you would find them probably even in uh, Sweden and Finland and areas like that. But certainly, puffin is a is an animal that one finds in Newfoundland. So this brings sort of your tie uh, to the cottage, and then I love. This would be the quilting, the little pattern that you've right. done here? So yeah, here we can see that this is made from all new material and okay. all particularly quilting cotton. Okay, so you would buy this? This yep. is like quilting cotton you specifically yep. buy it to quilt with? Yep, and then um, so the backing has all one material piece. So this is actually kind of a microcosm for a bigger quilt. Okay. So And that, that's actually how I started too. I did placemats or these single placemat trivet things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so yeah, you can see that there's no real rhyme or reason to the pattern exactly, except there's squares and rectangles. And then this stitching along here mm -hmm. would be the stitch in the ditch. And this is the stitch that lines between squares. Oh, I see. And so then, it's, it's the stitch in the ditch is the stitch that connects the two pieces of fabric, the two different pieces of fabric. Is that correct? No. Well, there's additional stitches where the pieces are sewn together and you can't see it. But wow. then when you attach it and then you sew through to stitch through the three okay. layers, that's the stitch that's in the, the ditch. That's the stitch in the ditch. And then this pattern stitching through the pieces, which often you do in a contrasting thread so that you can see so it visible. You, okay. So if the light blue is on this darker puffin fabric, that's right. the quilting. And this is free motion quilting where I just took my sewing machine and I swerved it around in a in a random pattern of my own making and didn't follow a pattern. This was very my loose creativity in my free motion quilting. What's lovely about this free motion pattern is that you've created so many little loops and circles that it almost seems impossible to do with a machine. Like it's just so like you've got a figure eight here and you've got a loop-de-loop -loop, almost as if you were watching a plane, you know those planes that sort of do um, smoke patterns in the sky it kind of <laughs> looks like that and it has a very sort of um wavy feel to it and so does this pattern here so it's very evocative for me anyways of the beach and cottage life and uh, i really love it um and i don't like to use it because i don't want to ruin oh, but you it you should I because know. life is too short Fair. and you should use your fancy china Mm -hmm. And you should use your trivet, and then if it gets dirty, wash it. And then if you're like, oh, I got it dirty, I need a new one, then we know what to make next time. Well, there you go. So I will, I will use it because I love it. And you're right; it is sort of like a part of the family or living piece of fabric. You know, what I mean, there's something about it that there's so much, there's so much going on in a quilt. Mm -hmm. um, does your mom quilt? No, my mom doesn't quilt at all. She does a couple of different crafts, sure. but my mother-in-law quilts. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm just looking at it now, but this border, mm -hmm. people who do borders on quilts, it's a very special skill. Oh, is it? It's really hard. Is it difficult? That part I find hard. I don't know what, why. What do you find easy in a quilt? I like doing the free motion quilting. Okay and having no pattern right. and just having it come out but then sometimes like sometimes I'll put little special patterns 
that you I could come up with. You could almost sign it with your name. If well, you, you know, I was thinking of that. I know sometimes I put people's initials in or different really? little messages, and um, I haven't done that. But I've also seen now that you can do that. People do that on purpose, mm-hmm. where you can sew in a little message on the quilt, like oh. a tag. And I haven't started doing that, but that's a good idea, too. Oh, wow. So I that you know when it's from or who did it. Right, or, the year. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I know that um, the further out east you go in Canada, the, the more you'll find quilts. At least that's been my experience. Is it something that you kind of that you find in Newfoundland you grew up with, or that it's it's, it's yeah, there? quilting's pretty. Um, there's lots of it going mm-hmm. on, and it's still very popular. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun because you can make different things, and people make them for different events. Like we were there at this. Uh, come home here and there was one that had all different pictures of Newfoundland on it and what so, is a come home year we should well, come home year come home year is when the town has a festival and they mm-hmm. invite everybody to come home who's moved away okay and so it's like a party in the town a reunion a town reunion okay and they they did a quilt for that yeah somebody made a quilt uh, and sold tickets as a fundraiser and it had all different um, things from the area quilted into it. And then someone would win the quilt. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, if you were to give advice or tips to someone who's just like, who's listened to this podcast and said, I'm going to start quilting. Oh, I would go on the internet and YouTube and I would watch quilting videos. Okay. Because I talked to my people who I know who quilt and we Mm. talk to them a little bit but then um, there's so many great resources out there now and there's one that I really love I don't know if Um, the Missouri Star Quilt Company um, has a pod I don't know if they have not podcasts but they have YouTube tutorial videos Mm -hmm. and they're awesome like they show you exactly what to do and they tell you all about like act like quilt techniques and different things so sometimes I just spend a lot of time watching those videos and then if you're getting to something you can like use it or whatever so there's a lot of information on um, the internet about quilting and how to so I would just get familiar with that if you're someone who can learn on your own and as you go I would uh, that's what I would do sure and then find your local quilt shop and go there right and um, I would say also try not to get sucked into the commercialism of quilting because okay. there's a lot of like buy a kit and buy kit buy new material do this stuff I would like use your own creativity and and just try to make something and start by just making something would you say start small like like yeah. a like a placement like this yeah I would because then that way you can learn a little bit of all the techniques before you get into a big project right um i didn't really do that before i started into my big project right but i think that's also the joy of it you know it's a it's a learning piece it's not going to be a perfect quilt sure. for a quilt show where they judge it or right, write it. right but you know for me it was it was fine and it fit my need but I would just make something. It's part about just being creative. And, and don't be afraid of making mistakes. Yeah, because to me, I look at this placemat and I can tell you, you know, 10, 20 things right off oh, the really? bat that I would be like, ugh. But you probably don't even no, see No, I don't them, know. Right? I love it. Like, I, so, I particularly love that there's like this kind of newspapery um, fabric in here. Like, it, I know. Looks, it looks like there's newspaper and it just. The colors kind of complement each other so well. Did you select these? or was I did. It, So you're like, I want that fabric, I want that fabric, and I want yeah. that fabric. Great job. And so 
this would be the styles and the this would be like close to what I would consider a modern quilt technique like you're picking your fabrics and your pattern that all kind of go together with new materials okay. that's an example of that for sure and so I hadn't really done any like that so this was part of another project I did um, with this with these materials so you can see how that works but yeah it's really fun because you get to pick four or five things that go together and then you arrange them and how you want yeah and I love that the, the quilting I don't know if you'd call it pattern, but the cutouts are very rectangular um, and square. And I'll, I will take a photo of this uh, particular piece that we've been talking about, this placemat here, and I will put it on our Twitter oh, cool. so that people who are who are listening can sort of see the see the image that we've just been talking about. Because sometimes you talk about something and people are like, "What is it they're talking about?" It's mm-hmm. nice to actually see something. And who is the quilter you most admire? Probably my Aunt Lillian. Okay. Yeah. She made so many quilts, and she got all her material from found material. Okay. Like, um, just from the family or people who threw away material, and 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 the materials she used were reminiscent of the time that she was in, so it was a lot of 70s polyester, okay. early 80s. So, sure. You know, that's not a material used in modern-day quilting, but it was what she had and what she used, and those quilts will never die. Wow. Like, you wash them, they'll last forever. Right. And we all have them, so when we're using them or we're together and we talk about them, it's just such a part of, like, her creativity and, like, how many hours she must have spent. Right. I find she's a real inspiration to me when uh. I think about my quilting. Oh, so there's even that connection with, with your quilting is your Aunt Lillian. Yeah. Wow. Well, Lois, I want to thank you so much for being a uh, part of our podcast here and talking about quilting. I've certainly learned quite a bit. I don't think I could do it. You never know. You I should guess, try. I guess. You know, it's just, it seems so meticulous and it seems so, it almost it has a puzzle making mm-hmm. aspect to you. Do you like doing puzzles? I do. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not very great at puzzles, but you know what? I would love to once your quilt is done, the one that you've been working on for the last six years, to do another podcast and we'll actually like do sort of a celebration, uh, the quilt is done podcast if you're uh, up oh, for, for that. for sure, that's exciting. That might make me get it done sooner. Uh, there you go. So stay tuned for our follow-up quilt episode. Lois Keating, I want to thank you so much for being part of the Insomnia Project. Thanks, Marco. As always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions. We invite you to rate us and uh, leave a comment on iTunes. We really appreciate that. We've been getting some great feedback. This particular episode was recorded at the foot of the Great Lake, Lake Huron, here in Ontario, 